Today on CityCast Chicago, we've been telling you the primary election is coming up. Now it's time to tell you who's running where and what issues they're running on. Today we're talking about Illinois' new 3rd Congressional District. It used to stretch from the southwest side near Bridgeport through Midway all the way down to Joliet. Now the 3rd is a Latino-leaning district, including much of the northwest side and western suburbs. CityCast's Carrie Shepard heads to the district. It's Thursday, May 12th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. So walking, walking through Humboldt Park now, I am walking up to the boathouse to meet up with my Mariah, Mariah Wolfel, WBEZ politics reporter and a friend of mine and actually a neighbor. It's obviously a beautiful day. It's quite hot actually. So there are people out walking their dogs. Humboldt Park, there are always people kind of sitting around, hanging out. I think I see her sitting on the steps. Hi. How you doing? Girl, we got to get in the shade. I know. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in the, uh, in, the, in the beautiful third district. <laughs> How long have you been here? Oh, like three minutes. Oh, good. Yeah. Mariah and I are sitting in the boathouse at Humboldt Park, mm-hmm. our, which obviously is an enormous park on the northwest side of the city, but also a neighborhood. And Humboldt Park was not in the third congressional district until the remap. So let's start there and talk about the remap and how that changed the shape of the third congressional district. Because you actually (laughs) covered the last election, you covered the third congressional district, where the boundaries were very different, the candidates were very different. So let's talk about that. What is, how did, how did the third district change geographically? The concept is similar where you have parts of the west side of the city. Previously in the third district, it was um, like Bridgeport area, west sides of the city that's, that, that then like sprawl out into the suburbs. Obviously that's not like a new concept. So right. you get the population you want. Now with this third district, it spreads from, you know, like progressive areas of the city, like from Logan Square on the east end, you know, all the way out, like, I think like 30 or so, maybe 40 miles out into the western suburbs, like going all the way to Wheaton, Mm. um, Glen Ellen, it passes through Bensonville, Addison, and all the way west to West Chicago, and then even north to like parts of Bartlett. And so, yeah, you have these like progressive, Latino areas of the city and then uh, kind of historically more Republican or conservative parts of the third district. Let's let's look at with the third district now what we have. Like you said, Logan Square, very gentrified in the last decade or so hugely. It used to be largely Latino. Now it's a lot of young, white, probably families. But then Belmont Cragen, Hermosa, still largely predominantly Latino, right? And Albany Park. Albany Park. And then... You do get into some, uh, you know, wider areas of the northwest suburbs of the city, like Portage Park, Dunning, Elmwood Park, because it's going, it's, you know, leaving the city through its northwestern 
you know, mo most Western border. And so I think I read that the third district, 46% Latino. Yeah, I think 46 to 47% Hispanic is the number that I've gotten from both campaigns. Um, and have read and so it's not a majority latino district it's it was built to be a heavily democratic district but it's built to be a latino like leaning district and Got so the it. largest you know demographic you know single demographic is latinos but um it still doesn't make up a majority of the population so let's talk about the candidates you are obviously a city a city hall uh chicago city hall reporter so you know about gilbert uh, Villegas in his current position as the 36th Ward Alderman and also the chair of the Latino Caucus, correct? He's really like leaned into his role as the Latino Caucus leader and obviously you see that with the remaps. The ward remaps. The ward remaps. But even before that, Villegas will talk, talks about this in his campaign too. He I started to notice like very soon on when I joined the beat last year one of the first stories I did in every committee meeting whether it was aviation committee or you know really any committee that deals with uh, signing city contracts Viegas was raising his hand to ask how many of these contracts were going to go to Latinos and appropriate um, as the Latino caucus chair sure, right to yeah, push yeah. for that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and while we're on Viegas before we get to his opponent um as the Latino caucus chair, he has played a key role in the city's ward remapping. And the Latinos sort of lost out in that battle. As the chair of that caucus, is this seen as a loss by him? Does his caucus see, does the Latino caucus see like, hey, you did not lead this right because we did not get what we wanted. There are now more black majority wards. So is this seen as a hit? At, and his role as the chair. I'm not sure how it's being viewed as in the Latino caucus as a whole. I talked to a few political experts and consultants in the third district race about this, and they kind of see it as like either way, he has boosted his recognition as someone who has fought for Latino representation. So there are actually four candidates in the Democratic primary race, but we are primarily focusing on Gilbert Villegas, who we just talked about, and then Delia Ramirez, who's currently a state representative. Mm -hmm. In this area, yeah. In this, around this area. Mariah, tell us just really quickly why, tell listeners why we're focusing on just these, primarily on Villegas and Ramirez. Yeah, I think they're just simply the front runners in terms of fundraising, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars versus versus tens of thousands of dollars. And also uh, in terms of name recognition, you know, they're both elected officials already with it, you know, in and around this area of the city. Obviously, Villegas is pushing his credentials as an alderman and everything he's done for the Latino caucus. What is Ramirez really running on in terms of her bona fides as a state rep from this area? She's really running on um, her ability to be a grassroots organizer and worker. She 
relies on her work as a housing advocate. She's worked at um, nonprofit organizations. She's a board chair for the Latin United Community Housing Association, or has been, and the Logan Square Neighborhood Association, um, has really kind of championed affordable housing. She says she's really championed affordable housing, expanding Medicaid coverage to um, you know senior citizens, despite regardless of their uh, um, immigration status. And which big name endorsements has Ramirez picked up so far? Some well-known progressives, um, U.S. Representative, U.S. Congressman Chuy Garcia, Jesus Chuy Garcia, um, who has huge name recognition in Chicago, I think. Um, Illinois Representative Jan Schakowsky, Lauren Underwood, she was part of the 2018 Blue Wave, uh, and then Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's obviously a heavy progressive hitter. While we're on endorsements, who did Gilbert Viegas pick up in what are the who are the big names he's picked up? So he's got Illinois Comptroller Susana Mendoza, one of the, you know, highest elected Latina politicians in the state of Illinois. Yeah, the yeah. the highest um, yeah. Congressman Luis Gutierrez. Huge name recognition, you know, came up with Chewy Garcia. Huge voice on immigration reform. Yeah, huge voice huge. on immigration yeah. reform, huge name recognition. And so you kind of see that split between his, Chewy Garcia and Luis Gutierrez in this, in this race. And I should say, you know, Viegas, when you talk to him, Viegas considers himself a progressive and yes. is also talking about, like, the progressive legislation that he has pushed for in the city council, including, you know, the universal basic income pilot program that the mayor passed. But this is the program that's going to give $500 a month to 5,000 Chicago families um, for a year. And that's a super progressive idea and program that he's pushing for, too. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. We are sitting in beautiful Humboldt Park, but we can't ignore the fact that there is still gun violence in the area. Two people were just shot in Humboldt Park this week shot and killed um, near the tennis courts in the afternoon. Obviously, public safety is what every candidate is running, is going to make a central issue. And let's start with Ramirez and how she has talked about public safety. Sure. So 
if you go to her website, in her public safety section, she talks a lot about root causes, funding for mental, mental health, um, stronger background checks for guns, cracking down on illegal guns, banning assault weapons, um, reducing the flow of illegal guns into the state of Illinois. Uh, huge issues for gun violence, obviously. Sure, sure. When you ask Viegas, he talks about uh, we need we need smarter policing, not less policing, funding for programs that work for police, um, you know, better training. He sees this as, you know, more support for police will help them have better relations with the community and will also reduce crime. I think, like, what Ramirez's camp is trying to do is is break down what they see as, like, a false dichotomy because, you know, when I asked what is your position on defund the police their camp responded we don't think that's the right question to be asking kind of shying away from the sloganeering I think they are not they are not trying to sloganeer about defunding the police or their position on which has been used against her people right. are saying some like uh Gutierrez like Gutierrez who is backing Vegas has said that Ramirez is about defunding the police but her campaign says no that's that's she they it sounds like they didn't. They won't say, no, we're not for defunding the police, but they'll say, we're going to redirect you. We don't think that's the right question. And then they, they issued a statement that said, you know, she voted to invest more resources into creating correspondent programs, along with providing more than $100 million in funding for training and pension benefits for police officers and first responders. I would say that Viegas does seem to be, you know, using the criticisms or, or accolades, I guess, depending on which way you look at it, of uh, Ramirez and the defund the police connection. Because on his website, it says, quote, I will fight to protect our community by demanding federal funds to hire more police officers and add more FBI and ATF agents to get illegal guns off the streets. I read as a bit of a as a comment to appeal to some parts of the district on the farther northwest side that are where off police officers do live. They tend to live in those areas and perhaps maybe appeal to some people in in the suburbs. Just wrapping up, uh, the what I always think is the most fun part in covering any election and race is when you get to go out and talk to the voters. Where have you been? What have voters said about the race? What are some of the issues they're talking about to you? Yeah, so I've been to Belmont Cragen and Bensonville on primarily. North, yeah, neighborhood side. on the northwest side. Um, and Bensonville near O'Hare. Bensonville near O'Hare. I pretty much just sat and enjoyed the weather and watched the planes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I, I did go out to Bensonville and, um, you know, ask for spent, you know, an hour and a half, two hours trying to talk to people about the race. Couldn't find a single person who was even aware of a June primary, let alone, you know, candidates in that race. I think there are some challenges that these candidates are going to face with turnout. Who that benefits, we'll see. Yeah. I've heard from um, union workers who really like Viegas's track record of working with unions. He was a union person himself, and so he has those connections. Truck driver. He was a union truck driver right. um, before becoming an alderman, and so he relies on that a lot. And and then Delhi voters, you know, they're Ramirez talking. Ramirez voters. Ramirez yeah. voters, yeah. Um, they're talking about how they think that she's just like the most sincere grassroots candidate. That's nothing to sneeze at in a election in our area. Union support and also progressive grassroots. Absolutely. 
Mariah Wolfel, politics reporter at WBEZ, my former colleague, my friend, covering the third congressional district. Uh, thanks, Mariah. Thanks, Carrie. Bye. 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 Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The White Sox had to postpone yesterday's home game after multiple individuals on the Cleveland Guardians tested positive for COVID-19. It's actually the first COVID-related postponement this season in Major League Baseball. And some good news to get you through. Stick it with sports. You can catch me today on CHGO's The Chicago Sports Podcast. We're going to be talking about the Bears' new regular season schedule and some of our favorite road trip destinations for Chicago sports teams. You can see a couple of my picks in the newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm slash newsletter. And as always, I appreciate you for listening. Lead producer Kerry Shepard and producer Simone Alisea will be in the host chair Friday and Monday, and I'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Peace. Do you like my shirt? Yeah, it's cute. Why? It's yours. It's your old no, shirt. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You gave this to me. No. Yes. I do not. Oh, oh, no, wait, no, wait. No, I thrifted this. I thrifted <laughs> this. I'm sorry. I, I have, like, several Carrie Shepard. I know you do.